Welcome to the Web3 Artist Spotlight, the podcast that shines a spotlight on talented artists who are leveraging Web3 technology to sell their art and connect with collectors in new and innovative ways. Through in-depth interviews, we learn more about the artists behind the art and uncover their unique creative processes, inspirations, passions, and the stories behind their captivating artworks. From seasoned professionals to emerging talents, we bring you a diverse range of voices from the Web3 community, and we delve deeper into how blockchain technology, NFTs, and decentralized platforms are revolutionizing the art industry. Shelby Alexander is a talented oil painter and digital artist known for her mesmerizing nature-inspired art. Her NFT collection combines storytelling and beautiful audio and visual elements. Shelby also makes commissioned paintings and has fun merchandise on her website. She's a community builder who hosts fun and informative Twitter spaces and also does in-real-life painting events. We are super honored to learn more about her today and welcome Shelby to the space. Thank you so much for that intro, Jenny. I'm so excited to be here with both of you. I love what you're doing with these spaces. I think we need more, you know, deep dives on artists in the in the NFT space in general because so many spaces do not really allow for that. Um, so I'm really excited to be here, and I'm honored that you would want to interview me today. Oh, it is our pleasure to have you. So thank you so much for being here today as our guest. Yeah, and maybe we let's kick it off this way, Shelby. Like, take about five minutes and tell us a little bit more about your origin story, right? Like, tell us like a little bit more about you know who is Shelby Stardust. Um, you know, maybe a bit about, about how you grew up, you know, upbringing, whatever, and then how you eventually like came into this whole Web three space. Okay, yeah. Well, let's just start by diving in, in, covering a lot. <laughs> yeah, I guess why not? Um, you know, so Shelby Sardust is is funny because it's kind of it, it was a joke. It was invented as kind of a joke when I first made the handle when I first got on Twitter. I really had no idea um, that I would end up like using Twitter as my primary social media platform because I was on Instagram before. So it's very funny. I was just uh, thinking about this actually yesterday, like rebranding all of my website and everything, because now I truly am Shelby Stardust. Um, And it's so funny because, you know, I feel like probably a lot of people in this space feel that way about their handles. They don't really, you know, maybe not think too much of it when you create it and then it really becomes this identity. So just a, a funny side note, my artist name before I got into the space was Shelby Alexandra. Um, but now I'm, I think, I think I'm going to change everything to Shelby Stardust cause it's fun and it does have a lot to do with the probably, like change your building. official name to Stardust, like literally change my name. Yeah. That'd be pretty ridiculous. Right. But that'd be a very artist thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Then you, if you get married, you tell your husband like, yeah, you should adopt this name cause it's dope. That would be sick actually. Um, <laughs> very hippie of me, but yeah. So anyway, I'll go back to, to when I was very young, I've always done art. I've always loved art. It's always been a way for me to kind of, um, escape from, you know, where I was when I had a lot of anxiety when I was a kid, I used to draw all the time to, I guess, deal with it according to my parents. So I've always been very drawn to it. And I was lucky. My parents gave me a lot of art supplies when I was a kid, but I never really thought that I was going to be a full-time artist. I had like big academic aspirations. I have, you know, both my parents are criminal defense attorneys and I always really looked up to my older brothers who, you know, had high academic achievements. Uh, you know, one, an astrophysicist, and the other one did like anti-terrorism studies all around the world. So I really wanted to go into academia and like, you know, go to college. That was my goal. And so growing up, 
Um, you know, I worked really hard to get good grades. I ended up going to a good college in Southern California, a small school called Scripps and Pitzer. Um, there's basically these five Claremont colleges that are all together, very small liberal arts schools. And I did not major in art. I actually did industrial psychology or organizational studies, depending on, um, you know, where you're at. It's called different things. But basically the study of businesses um, and what makes a business successful or fail. And it's kind of the human side of wow. it. So you study like sociology yeah sorry go ahead no no i just say that's interesting i don't think i've ever heard of that major actually so that's really interesting go ahead it's very obscure and i chose it at the time because you got to choose all these different things to study instead of going like too deep and having to take you know all these econ classes you got to take uh classes in econ and sociology and psychology and government and so it's just like a, a cool mix and then you got to really be flexible with choosing what your focus was or what your depth was so mine was criminology and i actually like wrote my thesis on mental health treatment um programs in state prisons in the u.s and like how they could be completely improved or basically don't exist at all and um i i'm super passionate about like criminal justice and reform and all kinds of things more on the side of advocating for um, underprivileged people. So that's something that I was very, very excited to do when I got out of college. I was going to go to law school and follow in my parents' footsteps. Like I said, they're both criminal defense attorneys. So I really wanted to do that. And it, it's still like, it's such a, an exciting thing for me. I love like true crime. I love that kind of stuff um, still. And I really want to find a way to bring my passions there, uh, especially for the activism side of it into art. And that's like my ultimate goal as an artist. Um, you know, when I was getting ready to go to law school or apply, I mean, um, I started realizing like I'm totally abandoning my biggest passion, which is to be creative, you know, whether it's songwriting or um, story writing or art, like painting, I was like, I need to not just kind of throw that side of me away forever. Because I knew if I went to law school, I was never going to have the time to really explore those things. So I was like, I'm just going to take a year, um, see how it goes and, you know, start painting and just see. So I started doing that and really chose painting because I felt like it was at the time the most direct to monetize, like the easiest to actually make a living at. You have this physical thing you're selling versus trying to become a writer or, you know, a singer songwriter. It can be really hard to monetize those things. So I just started painting and, you know, it went really well. I already had a platform on Instagram. So I started posting and immediately getting a, a bunch of commission requests. And I credit it completely to my existing platform. I think that, you know, I was, I always knew that I would want to use social media for something. So I kept up with it and tried to, you know, stay engaged. And I think that really paid off when I when I took that leap, you know, so that's a little overview of me. I could go deeper into like how I got into NFT specifically, but I feel like that's a good stopping point for now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I, and I do eventually, I do want to kind of move into that um, as well, because I'd be curious to like really understand like how you found out about NFTs and all that. But um, before we go there, like, so because um, you mentioned like your parents got you paints and all this stuff and like, you know, you were always like really creative. Like, did you ever take like courses or stuff on like how to paint and create art or was it all just kind of like you intuitively just kind of figured it out? So I always just uh, figured it out until I basically decided I wanted to do art full time. And then I took two classes at the local college. Um, it used to be a community college, but actually now it's not for those of you in the Washington area, if anyone's here, um, it's Bellevue college, which actually I highly recommend. I didn't know what I was going to get out of it. 
but I got so much. And then from that point, that was kind of a jumping off point where I really dove into studying things online, like reading articles, watching videos, learned how to make my own paint, learned, you know, everything I could about color theory and mixing pigments and creating color palettes and um, creating depth and, you know, all these tricks that create depth in a painting and stuff like that. So I definitely did like deep dives, but it it came kind of late. You know, I didn't really take any art classes in college. I did take a couple um, digital art like Photoshop classes, but it was more about getting to learn the program than actually creating, which now I'm so glad I did because, of course, it came in very handy when I decided to get into the NFT space and doing some digital stuff. Yeah, no, that's dope. And it's funny because, yeah, I had read that on your site that you actually to like ensure you have like really high quality materials, like you actually build your own canvases and you make your own oil paint from scratch. So I was like, wow, that's like, I don't think I've met another artist that actually does that. And I was like intrigued to find out like when you decided to start doing that and how you like, how did you learn and master that craft of like making your own canvases and paint? So I definitely still haven't mastered it. Uh, there's new, there's always new problems that come up depending on what you're doing, uh, building stuff. It's funny, but I actually got into it for a couple of different reasons. So for the pigments, um, I struggled with this idea that pigments are very toxic or not pigments actually themselves. Some of them are, but the paints that you buy in stores, I would paint and I would get like really teary eyed. I'd get horrible headaches. It was clearly bad for me. Like I was having severe reactions to it when I would paint for like, you know, 10 hours or whatever. It's like I would be rough at the end of it. And I was really struggling because I was like, well, if I do this for my profession, this is obviously bad for me. Am I going to like give myself cancer, you know, or something horrible? Like my body does not like this. Um, So I was really kind of having a dilemma because I wanted to use oils. But oil paints are pretty toxic, the ones you buy in stores. They have a lot of fillers and stuff in them that is not good to breathe in. So I you know, was about to kind of give up on it, honestly, and think like this is just not really an option for me. And I did more research and I actually found that you can make your own pigments that don't have the fillers and, you know, the different toxins in them. And so the pigment powder itself, some of them still are really toxic, but once you trap it in oil, it now doesn't off-gas the same. So you have to protect your skin, but it's not the same um, hazard of like breathing it in once it is mixed into paint. So I, I realized like this is a way that I could get around the, you know, the toxic aspect of it for the most part. Um, of course, it still can be dangerous. And so I wear like a respirator mixing them and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I got into it just started ordering pigments online. First, I bought some at the local store. Then I started getting them in bulk and then grinding them. Got my brother to help me. So we'd like ground a bunch at one time. Um, And, you know, it was definitely a learning process. Like I made stuff way too oily. I made stuff way too thick. I decided, you know, oh, this one I want to buy still as a pre-made, whereas these, you know, make sense to make them. And so, um, you know, it was a a long process, but I'm still learning and it's a lot of fun. I feel like it's so much more rewarding to actually mix your own color palettes because you have to be so thoughtful. And usually I try to paint like when I'm doing oils with a pretty limited color palette because when you're mixing all the colors to create new colors, mm-hmm. it creates this much more cohesive feel. So cool. And you got me thinking too, like I wonder, and I don't know if you like this came up in your research when you were like trying to find something, like, are there really no companies out there currently making like oil paints that are, you know, that don't have a lot of these toxins and stuff like that? Like I'm like, man, this seems like there's like a really good entrepreneurial opportunity here for somebody to like start making and selling, you know, better quality paints. 
So I think there might be, I have looked into it. Um, they're extremely expensive is the uh -huh. issue, like extremely expensive. And the quantity that I use, like I use these massive amounts of paint because I like to paint on really big canvases sometimes. Uh, and so it ends up being like literally thousands of dollars and it's wow. already expensive. Even buying the pigments can be expensive for sure, but you're saving some money there. It just ends up being more economical when you're buying them in bulk. So yes, I think there are like very high quality paint, but you get like a tiny tube and it's like $40 and I use like, you know, 50 yeah. of them to cover a canvas. So it just ends up not really making sense. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. And, and I guess and it sounds also like you really enjoy the process, right? And like what you're actually able to create too. So that's like the, the, the upside of it as well. It's cheaper and you enjoy it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to really feel like you created every aspect of a piece of art from nothing, kind of, or like from scratch, like you had a hand in it. It's an interesting feeling. And I feel like it has definitely helped me become a better painter, like I said, working with the limited palettes. And then I ended up actually just um, building the canvases because they're so expensive to buy big mm -hmm. canvases. Yep. And they're also shit quality. Cool. Man, that's all awesome. So, um, so I know, so we kind of segued into that, but I still wanted to so kind of circle back to um, like the story of how did you like discover crypto NFTs and like kind of come into the whole Web3 space? Like, so how, how did that happen? Yes. So for those of you who've already heard me tell this story, I apologize. Um, <laughs> I'll try to be pretty quick with it because this comes up a lot and it's kind of a rocky story. So um, like I said, I was, you know, doing stuff on Instagram. I wasn't on Twitter at all. I was just on Instagram, maybe on TikTok a little bit, uh, selling, you know, commission pieces and stuff and posting about art. And I had a lot of people hit me up saying NFTs, NFTs, NFTs. And so I'm like, okay, what is this? Um, I faded it way more than I should have at the time. If I had got into it when people first told me, I probably would be, I don't know if I, I don't, I don't really regret it, honestly, because I'm not a very technologically inclined person. So it kind of took a lot of pushing to, um, get me to want to dive into it. And the pushing was really just people saying it over and over again and me realizing, you know what, this is going to be a big part of the future of art. And the more I learned about it, I felt like, you know, I really see the vision here and I want to be on the like leading side of technology and, you know, art in the future and not be kind of one of these people like stuck in the past and, you know, afraid of change. Like I just wanted to get ahead of it and kind of uh, dive in. And so, I decided to, and I put something out, like kind of asking who in my community was in NFTs or whatever. And I got a lot of responses and I particularly got this response from someone I went to college with who wanted to launch a project with me. And so I was like, okay, you know, we'll do like 20 pieces, like cool art and just launch it as NFTs, um, which is funny because that's pretty much what I'm doing now is like the more limited series. But then they were, came back to me. They like got this team that they were working with and they're like, oh no, we're going to do actually a massive collection. Like, are you down? Like, it's going to be crazy. And so I like wanted to rise to the occasion, you know, I wanted to take on a challenge and I, you know, liked the enthusiasm. So I agreed to do, I was like, okay, I'm going to do some generative art. I've never done it before. You know, I'm just getting into digital stuff, but I'm going to make it happen. So I spent like two, maybe three months just like working nonstop, like rushing this so hard, trying my absolute best to make things happen, like all nighters, et cetera. Um, you know, any artist know the grind. And so really working hard for free, of course, because, you know, it's all the delayed gratification. Um, but as I learned more about NFTs and as I tried my best to like understand, you know, what makes an NFT project successful, 
I learned some things that were unsavory about the people that I was working with. So basically I had all these red flags when I would ask them questions and they just didn't answer me properly. And they kind of just had this mentality of like, oh no, you're just artists and you're just going to market this. We're going to take care of all of the rest. Don't even worry about it. But I should have been worrying about it. And I was, you know. And so I learned that they were actually responsible for a rug previously. And they had lied to me about a bunch of different things, actually, um, over the course of us working on this project. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And so I ended up breaking up with that team um, and starting from scratch. Dude, that sucked. I'm so sorry you went through that. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's okay. I think that it... It highlights like the risk of being an artist in this space. People want to use you, you know, and I know I'm not the only artist that has had something like that happen. And I'm lucky that I hadn't given them a bunch of my art. And they were also relying on me to promote it a lot with my, you know, onboarding people from Instagram. And, you know, I had a thousand people in my discord. And so I was lucky, very lucky that I like got out just in time, you know? Wow. So, Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, and, and so I, well, that, I mean, that sucks, but yeah, no, and you're so right. Like, I mean, I've talked to like so many people that like, you know, they, they've gotten scammed or like they, 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 they think the person's like credible and then they get them to like make all this artwork and then they just like ghost them and disappear. And, you know, like it's crazy, like all the freaking stories you hear. And, and nonetheless, in this case, it's crazy too, because they wanted you to like do everything, like the art, help market it, help onboard people. Like what the heck, like, what are you guys contributing here? What the, you know, so fast forward. And I know like, you um so you were an artist you know for like you know doing physical stuff you had you know your your uh, like ig or other other socials you know i read also your profile you know you've done you know pretty well like you know selling your your physical pieces but then back in like october of last year um you launched like your own kind of uh collection right and it was like related to the what is it sunderland's nft collection right and and so i was kind of reading into it i saw you, you know you, you've minted already like two pieces right the one is uh what is it new hollywood and another one called Kush Island, um, and it's really interesting. You know, I found it really fascinating because it's it's kind of like you're you're creating your own like universe, right? And that this is like a post apocalyptic universe set in the year like five thousand, and you know, it's a, a lot of really cool like elements and like kind of storytelling associated with it. And I was curious if maybe you can tell us a little bit more about this like universe that you have in your mind that you've created, and like where the inspiration for that came from. Yeah. So this is my absolute passion project and kind of makes sense of everything that I've done in my career so far. Like it, it brings it all together. So this is a universe that I'm creating. Uh, it takes place in the year 5000. It's a post-apocalyptic world where the earth has shattered. And so there's these floating islands, a lot of like magical fantasy elements where kind of the lines of magic and science are blurred. Uh, but everything is like super connected, has a very cohesive lore. You know, the stories of each island are very connected. I'm going to be building out characters and animals, you know, creatures and different storylines. And so the next drop that I'm doing with Magic Eden, which is all ready to go, I have like a ton of pieces of animated art for it. Um, we're just waiting for the market conditions to be just a little bit better with NFT's volume on ETH. But that is actually building out the story of my character in this universe and her name or code name is Stardust. And so I'm having a lot of fun with it. Just the storytelling aspect, the world building. I've always been a massive like fantasy sci-fi nerd. Like I love video games growing up. Um, you know, I was so jealous to see all my friends playing Zelda recently because I just have too much work to do to dive into it right now. But I want to. Uh, maybe I'll take a break this summer and, and dive back in because I love video games. So stuff like Mario, Zelda, World 
world of Warcraft growing up, huge inspirations, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, you know, more recently, Rick and Morty and Adventure Time. Like I love this kind of, you know, fantasy world building thing. And so to be able to kind of take all these things I love and put it together in my own world in this unique, not like completely unique because floating islands are a trope that have been used in a lot of different games. And, you know, obviously I've taken inspiration from that. But it's unique in the way that I'm putting it together in my art style and the way I'm doing the animation and stuff is really fun. And so, um, you know, I, I just love it. Like, this is my favorite part about the NFT space and about doing some digital art is that I get to really expand this world in a way that I couldn't by just doing either commission work um, or big one-off oil paintings. So. I've been having so much fun with it. I already have a lot of other islands, uh, the drawing done, and I just have to animate some of them. And, you know, I've been waiting to do my next drop because I want to do the character building and, and the storytelling with the Magic Eden drop before I drop another one of one. But I actually am working right now, um, in the meantime, maybe doing a small additions run that's like this really fun thing. I'm hoping to use the contract that Patrick Amadon released recently with Transient Labs where you can actually have one NFT that points to multiple images depending on what the collector wants. And I have a really fun idea for that that I'm working on. So, um, you know, l- endless possibilities when you're building wow. your own worlds. Dude, all that sounds so amazing. <laughs> and I need to learn more about that too. Like now you just piqued my interest about like one NFT pointing to like different images. I, I, I've not done the research on that. So I need to like it's go and It's brand new. They just released it. It's really cool. Um, Yeah, so it's brand new tech with Transient Labs. They did it for a drop with Patrick Amadon, and basically the collector can choose which one they want to display. And so I have a really fun idea with this. Like, uh, pieces that I actually already completed. I just have to do the animation where you're seeing the same location at different times. Like I've always loved like playing with this idea of a place kind of evolving over time or being shown through in different lights, you know? And so um, I think it's a really fun way to do that. That is dope. And actually funny, I, I did buy a piece of artwork, NFT artwork recently, um, but I don't know whether they did anything that fancy. I don't know. Like, cause it, it was, it was a piece that like uh, it showed like a couple, like an Asian couple, and depending on like what time of day you go and look at the nft it'll show them either like in the morning midday afternoon or evening and uh what was the artist pegasus i think i I gotta i gotta remember the twitter handle but yeah and just that that concept yeah like it being able to change or like showing like different time frames of the same thing that sounds so dope (laughs) and yeah i'm also like i was a huge like video game player growing up as well zelda mario like tons of stuff but like yeah that's one of those things like now i just don't have any available time to do it but man yeah so i I feel you on that one and that's and so cool that you're like you know being able to like create uh, all this stuff and like you know kind of build out the lore of your 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 characters and your universe and all that so so and what exactly like so with the magic eden partnership you're doing so like is it is it going to be mainly just like nfts or or are you actually thinking about that you're going to evolve this into like games or something else like that so for the magic eden drop it is just nfts and it's telling a story through burn mechanics essentially um so each new piece is like reveals the next part of the story and so you're you know you're gonna mint the pieces it's an open edition but you're gonna have to mint like 10 to 20 of them in order to do the full burn quest um you know there will be more in the future too for people who really go crazy so it's it's pretty cheap it's like 0.0169 and and basically it tells the story so that is just nfts it's just our 
I'm going to continue it beyond just the initial like burn quest is what I'm calling it. So there's like, I think there's 11 pieces in that. And then I'm going to, you know, keep expanding it for people who it's kind of like a choose your own ending thing. So like if you burn this piece and then you get here, then you get to claim this piece. So you can decide whether to burn it now or maybe burn it later for something else and tell a different story. So having a lot of fun with that. Um, but gaming. I mean, there, there's so many possibilities for this. I have some of my own ideas to develop kind of a, an, an old school style game where I have people play for like the opportunity to win a one-of-one or like to mint and one person gets a one-of-one. You have to play through this like five minute level in order to get it. Like I have a lot of fun ideas for my own drops with gaming, but I also see the possibility of having my art in different video games that are existing. Like for example, I'm talking to Bloomverse, which is a big metaverse. You know, Ashley D. Ken is working with them and a, a bunch of other really great people. And they want to have my art like in galleries there. And possibly build out like a level of a game where you actually play through like a storyline in my universe. So stuff like that, I'm super open to, but I've also been really cautious because I get a lot of people approaching me to do stuff like that. And I want to make sure that I'm like doing it with the best people and stuff that's really going to be successful and like lasting. Yeah, I guess, and if anything, that old experience you had now makes you more careful about who you choose to work with and partner with and making sure like, are these people legitimate, you know, good people? Uh, not scammers, but no, that sounds so dope. And I, one thing I was going to mention to you is that like that um, Stardust character you have, like the the one you're kind of like building out the uh, the story for, like totally gave me like Lara Croft vibes, like Tomb Raider. You know, I was like, oh man, yeah, I could totally see like a game where you like play as this character, like, you know, exploring the worlds, going through stuff. So yeah, that's, that's so cool. Yes, Tomb Raider was a big yeah. inspiration too. I've been Lara Croft for Halloween a few times and that's super fun. I'm glad that you saw that. And yeah, I mean, the video gaming is, is like a huge inspiration and it also plays a part in the animations that I've done. So very like video game themes, some Easter eggs and yeah, it's just a big part of it. So I think that the natural eventual direction is to go there and do some fun gaming stuff, but I'm taking it slow and I'm not like, you know, one of those, I'm not going to be a project that promises the world. Like I'm building a metaverse, you know, I want to just take it one step at a time time. It really is about the art and the story. I love that. And um, in regards to the storytelling component of your NFT collection, it's something I definitely appreciate and vibe with. I'm also a a kid who grew up playing Zelda and um, video games. And I noticed with your super rare uh, drop that you also offer um, physical um, a physical component to it. And so that got me to thinking, um, have you ever considered making like a book or something physical since you're doing so much storytelling and you have these storytelling skills? You know, that is a really cool idea. I do have prints. So I've been making prints with this for, you know, since I started making the art really. And it's a lot of fun to see stuff actually physical. And and the difference is, of course, it's not animated. And the animation does play a pretty big role in the digital work that I do. But it's still cool. Even though it's not animated, it's still cool to see it um, printed out. It can be really beautifully done. And I love the idea of doing a storybook. I think that would be a lot of fun and something that um, would definitely be worth putting together. But I, I just have like a lot going on. So I haven't put any resources towards that. But I love the idea of like a coffee table book. I know some amazing photographers like Alex Kiddo is doing something like that. And um, definitely wanted to pick one up from him because I think that stuff is, it's really cool to have the physical in your home, um, you know, representing the art that you've collected, especially when, you know, it's an NFT and it's digital. So I love that idea. And thank you for sharing it. Oh, you're very welcome. So cool. So 
So another thing I wanted to ask you about Shelby was because um, I know I, I also I know you have like a Discord and all this other stuff as well with you know a lot a lot of members in there, and um, and in there it mentioned something about like the Stardust City Society, and so I was curious that maybe you can talk a little bit more about what that is and why people should join it. Yeah, so I mean that is just really the the name that I had initially come up with for my community of people who wanted to get involved, you know, wanted to be collectors and definitely not just collectors, but just people who are excited about the whole universe and the story. And you know, a while ago, like I did have this Discord server that had a lot of people in it, and I was keeping it active, but then it didn't make sense for me to continue spending a ton of time there because I was spread so thin and I needed to get back to actually creating and I felt like Twitter spaces and uh, you know posting content here and interacting with people here was just a way to reach more new people and a lot of the people who were kind of excited about this were not actually in the NFT space and were you know from Instagram and so there's nothing wrong with that I'm excited about onboarding people but at the time it was like okay I'm gonna take a step back and try to actually understand the NFT community where it exists now which is in Twitter so that's when I kind of like got really deep into Twitter and kind of shut down my discord server a little bit and that whole, you know, aspect of it. But now I'm actually really excited because it's finally the time to uh, go back to Discord and have that kind of community. It makes sense now because at the time, like I had created it thinking I was going to drop this big project. And then I totally backpedaled on that when I found out about, you know, the team that I was working with and you know, also just realized how little I actually understood about projects and like what makes that, what gives them longevity. So it didn't really make sense for me to have this like super active Discord server with, you know, the Stardust City Society and all the community members. And so I pulled back from that. And now that I'm gearing up for my Magic Eden drop at some point soon, it will have this whole like interactive burn quest. And, uh, you know, it will definitely be necessary to have that place to make announcements and connect with people in that way. So I'm actually, um, I have somebody who's building out a new Discord server for me and we're going over all the things we want to be in it. Going to have like a token in the Discord server to reward people with different NFTs and merch stuff. So I'm very excited about it. I think that Discord has a place and like building this, you know, really interactive community has a place. But as an artist, it's also really hard to keep up with like multiple different platforms at once. So trying to balance everything. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited for anyone who is excited about this project and about the world that I'm building. So cool. And yeah, like you said, it's very true. Like I think that, you know, it's it's really hard to keep up with like multiple platforms and like you're Twitter presence and then also going into discords. And that's usually, I actually got to a point because I had, I think it was like the markets were really crazy. I, I probably had like 70 or something discords. And then it got to a point where I was like, oh my God, like I need to turn this thing off. I cannot like, can I keep up like too many alerts, announcements, you know? So I was like, I just kind of like went completely like off of all of it. But I do see, like you mentioned, like I do see a place for it. And Unless something like dramatically changes in Twitter where you have like the ability to to have like, you know, highlights and announcements and, you know, things like, you know, for a project or your or your own personal page, I still think that there is a place for it. As a matter of fact, I know like Jenny and I were even talking about like, oh, it'd be cool to to create something around like the whole artist collector community and, and you know, be able to have like, you know, previous like episodes of these spaces there and places for people to share art and you know so stuff like that and i think i think there is definitely a lot of good um you know applications for it and and definitely like for what you're going to be doing now i think it's perfect as well too so that's so cool yeah i think that's a great 
great idea. Um, and also I've noticed that there's been a lot of improvements to Discord um, as far as like this, the AMAs, you know, and having a space-like um, gathering over there for your holders and the members of the society, especially like the video component of it. Uh, I was invited to a Stoics AMA and then a Jason Chambers AMA and was pretty like taken by surprise by how good the quality of the video and the audio was just slightly different, you know, like there's no emojis over there, but very, very similar to how spaces is set up. And I'm sure they're paying attention to what's happening over here and making those improvements. So I feel like everything is lining up at the right time for you. That is really good to hear. Yeah, to be honest, I've been pretty absent from Discord in the past couple months. You know, as you said, it it gets really overwhelming, but I'm excited to hear that. And I think that it is a really good platform. And, you know, I want to do some live streaming and painting and stuff, which Twitter live streaming is absolute garbage. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and fun. by the way, for everybody that joined a little bit late, we were trying to also do a live stream uh, together with this space, you know, to have some like video and all that as well. And we tested it last night. Everything was, you know, looking good. And then today we had like audio problems and I was like, all right, forget it, abandon it. Just, just Twitter space, you know, but I, I really, you know, I hope that at some point Twitter will also like catch up with that and, you know, even allow you to do the, you know, video stream here, you know, but if not, yeah, maybe Discord is another good place to, to do stuff like that. So. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Twitter has so many things it needs to improve upon, mm -hmm. but I'm so grateful that we have spaces, that we have it as our platform. And, you know, for now, we'll just have to use other things to supplement it. Exactly. No, for sure. So um, another thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, so I, I noticed like, you know, and, and actually I think you have this also on your on your site, right? That a lot of your art is inspired like by the beauty of the natural world, the human form, and clearly from like looking at the stuff you have in like your, your gallery, stuff you posted online, and even stuff you post here on Twitter of like your physical work, there's always a lot of like different like animals portrayed, lots of landscapes, you know, people. Uh, one thing that I found very particularly interesting uh, and a very common theme across a lot of your artworks uh, was mushrooms. <laughs> and uh, that there was a lot of you know, mushrooms like all over the place. And I was just curious, like, uh, if there was a particular reason why, you know, like the, the mushrooms appear so much. You know, if you could talk to that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. I've been drawing mushrooms since I was very young, probably in like middle school. I liked doodling them. And I don't know where that really originated from. Um, I think my love of fantasy probably played a role. You know, any, Alice in Wonderland could have influenced me in that way. A lot of different, I think, yeah. media. Mario Brothers. Mushrooms. <laughs> Mario. Exactly. Mario. I fucking loved Mario. So that, exactly. That's, you know, who knows where it came from, but I started drawing them very young. And then I actually had a psychedelic experience when I was like 16 that was super intense and really changed the way that I looked at the world and life and like spiritual, the spiritual realm, however you want to talk about it, just the way that things are connected. Um, and that really influenced my art as well. Like after I had that trip, I started painting when I was actually in Spain. I did a student exchange and that was when I first painted like mushrooms. I just really, really was consumed with this idea of like a mushroom forest, like fantasy. I was looking at a lot of like deviant art. I don't know if anybody remembers that platform. Um, a lot of fantasy art on there. Yeah. So anyway, I, I started just really diving into the psychedelic side of trying to like portray kind of my feelings around psychedelics and 
uh, my experiences. And then it kind of just continued from there. And I've always loved mushrooms. I still think that, you know, people should experience it at least once. It's a pretty crazy thing to experience and can really transform your outlook um, in a really positive way. So yeah, I mean, it definitely has to do with that. And also it's just, I love like trippy vibes, you know, it's just a cool aesthetic. Yeah, it's so dope. And I, I definitely have seen a lot of like the trippy vibes in some of your your pieces too. And and especially some of those were like with the mushrooms and like something you've had a couple that are like colorful with like mushrooms and all that. And so, um, but no, that that's pretty cool. And it, it's interesting you brought, the, you mentioned that whole thing about like the psychedelics and the experience. I literally was at VCon like, you know, last week and over like lunch one day, we got into like almost like an hour and a half, two hour conversation just about like mushrooms and people, um, you know, kind of like this one girl, a friend of mine mentioning that like, you know, they actually like she she actually had like a brain injury and she was having trouble with like memory and stuff like that. And then actually after taking them that like it actually helped her like tremendously with even like improving, um, like regaining some of her like short term memory and things like that. So and and then, yeah, and then another friend was like, and actually, if you look into like the evolutionary, um, you know, history of like mushrooms they are actually like closer to human than to plants. And, um, you know, so we, we got like super deep <laughs> into like into mushrooms. And I know, Jenny, you also had like a, an experience also uh, with stuff as well, right? Yeah, I did my first microdose ever um super tiny just like a little square of chocolate and um i felt like it was the coolest experience to do it while networking because usually i do have a slight um touch of anxiety at these like large gatherings and i just felt like very present and very connected to everybody and i felt like the quality of the conversations that i had or that i could offer was improved. So it was a really positive experience and I'm looking forward to like bumping up the dosing, uh, potentially doing like a full trip one day and experiencing that. I've had a lot of friends express basically what you just said, Shelby. And yeah, like I would love to connect with um, that spiritual side as well. So we'll see one day. And also, you know, it's funny, my daughter, Carmen, is absolutely obsessed with mushrooms. Like she is a big cottage core kid last year's birthday party for her um literally we did all like earthy greens and like giant mylar balloons of mushrooms and the cupcakes are mushrooms so i totally vibe with with your style um and tapping into that connection to mushrooms i did want to ask you something in addition to your oil paintings um and nft collection i noticed that you offer merch on your site including prints And I was browsing through those prints and I noticed that you have prints of women and that there's like a theme that ties it together, namely that there is beauty and strength in being authentic and wild. And I was hoping maybe you could talk about those prints a bit. Yeah, thank you so much. You know, so I'm I'm glad you brought up my merch shop because I'm actually going to be overhauling it in the next couple of weeks and adding in a ton of digital stuff because I actually don't really have hardly any of my digital work available. Um, you know, I've been kind of building up this huge catalog of all of these digital pieces and yeah, haven't added them, haven't made them available. Um, so I'm excited to do that. So definitely we'll be making some announcements about that in the coming couple weeks. But, um, you know, what you were talking about with the kind of powerful women, like I've always loved drawing and painting women. I don't really know exactly what it is. It's just been something I was drawn to from a very young age when I first started drawing. 
Um, and I think it's just, I I'm drawn to like natural beauty. I think the the female form is really beautiful. I mean, so is the male form for sure. I'm definitely not opposed to that. I would be down to do some, you know, male portrait work at some point, but for some reason, uh, drawing women has always been easier to me and just come more naturally. And so, you know, I can't speak to exactly why that is. I think it might be similar to the mushrooms. It's like, it's something that just is inherently attractive to me. Um, I don't know if there's really an explanation, but it's been a lot of fun to draw beautiful, powerful women. And it's something I want to continue doing. And I think that, you know, I have kind of a unique brand on Twitter too, with the modeling photos that I post and selfies and stuff like that, um, which a lot of people could be pretty critical of. But I think it's fun to kind of blend these ideas of like being a powerful woman or, you know, having sexuality and sharing it and not being, you know, super afraid to share yourself with the world. And that kind of ties into the art that I make too. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And um, yeah, I feel like anybody who has an issue with that, like that's a, that's a them thing. You know, um, I enjoy very much seeing your beautiful photos that you post. And, you know, it is something that I feel um, needs to continue to happen. Like, I feel like this idea that, um, you know, like fem- the feminist movement like ended, it w- we won and it's over. Um, is very, very flawed. I feel like still to this day, women really benefit from seeing powerful women and powerful women images. Um, you know, it gives them the permission almost to tap into that. Um, so what you're doing is really important. So that's awesome. Absolutely. You know, I think it's kind of crazy that we do feel like things are are totally fine, especially, I mean, we are in a, in a very free country as far as that goes. And I feel very grateful. I think that there are like feminist battles that need to be fought a lot more even in other places in the world, of course. Um, but here even still the impact is huge. Like I remember seeing like the Wonder Woman movie and like it made me cry. And I was like, why am I like emotional right now? But it is cool to see powerful women. And I think, you know, something that I want to do with my project is not like it's not a the the goal of this project is not to be a feminist project. You know, like I want it to be cool because it's cool. Like that's the point is is to tell a really interesting story and do something that is super fun and aesthetically pleasing. But then it also does have the kind of feminist aspect. Like I'm, for example, you know, there's nudity in this drop um, and a lot of darkness. And I feel like it's really cool that I'm getting, you know, a really big platform like Magic Eden to get behind it and do this with me. Like it's such a fun thing. And I think it is empowering and it, it, it's a cool aspect of it. That's not the focus, but like, it's still there. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And, you know, I think that's, that's one of the things that like, I, you know, now, now having a daughter myself, you know, a daughter, like, you know, I, I, I definitely want to make sure that like, she's able to see, um, you know, like powerful women, w- women that like, you know, like basically, basically just showing and like demonstrating like women could be anything they want. Right. Like, you know, you can be an artist, you can be a politician, you can be like whatever you want to be, right? And then that, that should not limit you, you know, your your options are are, are limitless, basically, even as a, as a woman. So, um, you know, I, I love that, you know, you're, you're championing a lot of these things as well, Shelby, and, it, and it's, um, you know, so, so cool. So definitely echo a lot of what, uh, what Jenny was saying, too. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, really. Awesome. And um, so another thing I, I wanted to talk about as well, and like I, was, I thought it'd be kind of interesting is, um, so you're, you're also, you know, a Spaces host, and I think you do like such a fantastic job uh, with the spaces that, that you host. And you have like your Art Revolution weekly space, you got some Share Your Art spaces, and you've built up like, you know, pretty big, you know, following, right? And, and uh, I think, you know, 
fabulous job of really like keeping you know people engaged and like genuine open conversations and and you know a lot of different topics and things like that and um i was kind of curious as someone that's you know doing it so well you know what do you think have been the keys to your success uh with your spaces and maybe that others that you know want to start hosting spaces or are already hosting spaces can uh can maybe apply and learn from well thank you so much first of all i really appreciate that um you know i've been in spaces for about a year now, I guess. It's, it's been a while since I first started joining. And, you know, I credit a lot of me getting into it the, to the people that I met when I first started joining. For example, my friend Keith, who's a big art collector, and he kind of shepherded me into the world of spaces. And my first space that I ever spoke in made me co-host. And we co-hosted the space for like four hours. It was like an art sharing space. And ever since then, like, I really couldn't go back. I just saw the value in meeting other artists and, you know, meeting new people, collectors, and people who just appreciate art. Um, you know, all around the world, people are so open-minded. And so I was kind of just immediately entranced by it. And eventually, you know, didn't really want to start hosting my own spaces at the time. But Keith connected me with my friend Molly, who is another amazing artist. And she was like, I'm going to host spaces. You want to host with me? So we started doing these rabbit hole spaces, kind of talking about art and psychedelic experiences and like spiritualism and just all these different things that, that we were interested in and that people wanted to talk about. And back in the day, like we hosted these 10 hour all night spaces where we oh had like, gosh. Wow. it was wild. <laughs> it was wild last summer. Yeah, that was fun. We both nice. like, we. it was wild. Yeah, we did it for like, um, maybe a month and a half or two months. And we were like, this is too much. And we totally pulled back on it because you get burnt out real quick if you're doing 10 hour, you know, twice a week, 10 hour overnight spaces. Um, but we still started, you know, we still con continued hosting some and doing artist interview spaces. You know, she wanted to do these interviews. So we had people on and a lot of fun. Um, and then eventually I kind of got to a place where I, I, you know, had been kind of a sidekick to a lot of people co-hosting, but I hadn't ever really hosted my own spaces except for when I was dropping uh, my super rare pieces. And so I was like, ah, you know, I have these ideas, for example, the AI collaborative art. That was an idea that I had that I really wanted to do. And like I had even just like an outro song I wanted to play and questions I wanted to ask and conversations I wanted to have. So finally, it kind of felt like, okay, maybe it's time for me to jump out on a limb. And like I was totally scared to, but just start hosting my own and just do it. Um, so I decided to do weekly space. This was probably in January. So now I've been doing it, you know, a few months now and been doing it every single week. Um, have a lot of fun. Like it's just, I, I do a little preparation. So I would say my spaces are a little bit more structured. Um, you know, I like to come up with a topic and some questions, particularly like a key question to ask everybody. And we also do the AI collaborative art. So, you know, I have people share words and phrases in the comments or on stage, and then I like craft them into prompts with some of my own flavor in there and then create the art and post it. So it's been so fun, um, you know, it, meeting some of the coolest people I've ever met in my life in spaces and just the most creative people. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that having a little preparation is good if you want to run a specific kind of space, thinking about how to keep the conversation moving and keep it entertaining and interesting. Um, and then just going for it. And like, I still get nervous before all my spaces, but just doing it anyway, you know, and not letting that stop you is really important. And so much good advice there, I think for sure. Um, yeah. Like you mentioned, you know, preparation, having some structure topics. I think it's always cool. Yeah. And it's also cool that you have something kind of unique that you do too. Like that little, 
you know, the whole like getting the phrases and words or whatever, and then using that for like the AI art prompt. And I, I, I love that about like your spaces. And that's why like for this one, I was going to just also like resetting the room here a little bit mentioned that like, yeah, like, so that, that was the idea. I was like, oh, well, I usually ask the artist to like designate something or make something for the space. But I'm like, oh, well, I love that whole concept of like getting the community and the people that are going to join the space to contribute to the prompt and then creating an AIRP. So you do a really, really awesome job, um, you know, with your spaces. So I definitely wanted to give you your flowers for that. I mean, you know, I, I, I try to learn from some of the best people, you know, in the space and like, what, what are they doing? What works well? And so it's always been like a pleasure, you know, seeing you host your spaces. Thank you. And it's a pleasure being here with you guys. I'm definitely going to come to more of these. Please keep me posted on, you know, artists you're having on. And if you ever wanted me to connect you with any artists, like I would love to support what you guys are doing. I think it's really important to do these artist interviews and do some deep dives. And, you know, I've learned so much about uh, my favorite artists doing these kinds of spaces. And it's such a cool way to access them that you wouldn't have if not for Twitter and this platform. So it's definitely cool. Thank you for what you're doing. No, 100%. And, and yeah, like definitely we'll, we'll gladly take any uh, help there with connecting us to more people. Um, we do actually have already like the next two months, like for, fully lined up, you know, but but yeah, no, always, always interested in, uh, in being able to connect with like other artists and, you know, and the thing is like, there's so many artists out there, like, and we're only doing one a week, you know, so I'm even, you know, I would love even for other people to be doing these kind of things too, you know, so that there's an opportunity to get to know and and um, and hear from other people. So, but yeah, thank you so much for that offer. Definitely uh, take you up on that for sure. And I, I guess the other thing I want to ask you, Shelby, too, like, uh, so, you know, you've been already like in the Web3 space, you know, for, for quite some time, you know, building up community, a, f- a good following here. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about like, what are the things that you love most uh, about Web3? And maybe also some things that, you know, could be better, right? Where we have opportunity to improve. Yeah. So, I mean, what I love um, is the people, of course. I've met just the smartest and most open-minded and coolest people that I've met in my life, like way more in the past year. And, you know, I mean, I, I have like not kept a ton of friends from college, for example, or high school. I definitely let myself drift from people because I have specific interests and I'm super passionate and it's hard to, you know, stay up with people who are just in totally different places in their lives or interested in such different things. And I feel like finding people like me is pretty rare. And in this space, I've found so many. So it's easy to stay in contact with people and, you know, make friends and share stuff and people get what I'm working on and, you know, they're excited about what I'm doing. Where people in my life before this really didn't understand it, you know? And so I've just had the best time connecting with other artists and collectors and, you know, people who are just excited about the tech and the art because it is so fucking cool. And like, I always want to take a step back and realize like we are on the cutting edge of this technology and like of history really. And, you know, I don't, you know, sometimes it seems so silly and you can get stuck in the details of like different PFP projects and, oh, we're all like fighting over cartoon animals, you know, and that stuff is very silly. But if you do take a step back, this is like, we're making history being here and we're some of the first artists to be here doing this. And it's very exciting. So, you know, that all together has kept me here and just kept me coming back every day because I see the value in it. And I know like recently it's been really hard for a lot of artists and like it's been hard for me too. I had to delay this project that I've been working on for four and a half months because the conditions are just not right to launch it. 
And that's never fun. You know, like that's not fun. <laughs> it sucks to be in this current market, you know, high gas or, you know, we've had these different battles of just really low volume for NFTs. But I do think that it's still so worth it to stay here. And that's why like, I'm not taking any days off. I'm not taking a step back um, in terms of just like showing up for people and spaces and everything, because I think it's so important to be here now, because when it pops off, we're going to be the ones who already know what's going on, you know, who's already put in the work and have people supporting us already. And I think that's how, you know, successful artists are made in this space. And so, you know, definitely not going to give up anytime soon or ever. Um, but yeah, that's what keeps me coming back. And then I think as far as things that could be improved, I think there's a lot of, obviously a lot of misinformation and scams happening and shady shit. And I think that's just a really difficult thing to avoid because of the nature of this new technology and people just exploit things um, really hard all the time. And this is an easy thing to exploit because it's so new. So I think that's a difficult problem to solve, but I think it could be helped with a little bit more, um, you know, good information getting out, people educating and being adults a little bit more than just kind of creating drama and fighting with each other. I think that that could be cool if we could improve in that way a little bit. But I also think it depends on the pockets that you're in, you know, and I want to kind of stay in the art pocket right now. I'm trying to be more involved with what's going on with like one of one artists and and people who are actually doing really cool things with AI and animation and all that stuff um, rather than like the bigger projects or, you know, trends and fads with shit coins. And, um, you know, now the Bitcoin shit coins, it's just like, a, it's a whole thing and it's <laughs> yeah. fun, but it's, I feel like I want to stay focused on what, you know, we're doing. That's way cooler than that. Yeah. And no, I, I love everything you said there too, you know, and, and, um, I, and I found that, yeah, like this, this art, art space is, man, it, it's, it's so cool. Like I, I cause I, I kind of came into the space more with the uh, larger projects but then, like, once I discovered that there was all these, like, artists and, and people, like, doing, like, you know, one-on-ones, editions, making a living, you know, creating and selling art. And it, it just, it was, like, eye-opening. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, because I'd always love art and technology. And then this, this, like, brought those two worlds together in such a cool, like, innovative way. You know, and you're so, tr you're so right. Like, we are so early in this space right now and like i do also agree like this is definitely like the best time to be here to like build as they say like build during the bear right and develop like all those like relationships the connections you know find your tribe and um and be the ones that like know how everything works and are experimenting and like doing shit now so that when things really pop off again you know it's like who are they going to go to right and it's, it's going to be us that are that are here in the space now right so i love that and and i agree like yeah the, the amount of people you can connect with here like from all over the world amazing you know it's it is it is just incredible so yeah i i, I echo a lot of what you said and and um yeah it's, it's it is like one of the best things about this space hell yeah yeah sorry jenny go Oh, no, you're good. Um, I wanted to ask you a question uh, since we're on the topic of like preparing and, and building for a future, for future success, right? Um, I read that you graduated with an organizational studies degree. And I was curious, do you think that those skills helped you with your marketing, with marketing your art and being an independent artist? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I think that it kind of helped me in an indirect way. For example, like I had to take speech classes and do a lot of participating. The colleges that I went to, you really had to show up and be active in every class in order to, um, you know, get good grades. And that was really important to me. So I think just being in that kind of setting and, you know, you're always trying to think of critical questions to ask and, um, you know, thoughtful things to say. And I think that has helped me in spaces and at events, meeting people and all kinds of stuff like that um, definitely helps me with those skills, even if the topic is different. Uh, and then I did work also at a PR firm for a little while when I lived in LA, which has helped me a little bit in the marketing side or really just kind of pulling back the veil on what marketing is. Um, and I think that I also just learned how to research in college. And that has helped me too, like researching analytics for, you know, different platforms and what works at like strategies that actually are proven to work with what you're posting. You know, for example, like pictures and, and videos do a lot better than just words, you know, stuff like that, just pretty basic concepts. But when you really add them all together, you get more of a clear strategy for like how to create, um, you know, excitement or get engagement, et cetera. So all of that stuff, I think helped me. It's not directly what I'm doing now, but I also, like I said before, like I'm really passionate about these kind of social justice issues. Um, that sounds like kind of a bad word, but more like criminal justice reform stuff. And so I want to also eventually with my art contribute to the world in that way. Like I really want to make a difference with my art. My ultimate goal is to be an art activist and I've done small things here and there, but I want to do something big and I'm kind of just building up uh, the ability to do so. Like right now, you know, I'm obviously making art just to live and just to, you know, pay my bills and doing commission work, but my ultimate goal is to do something way bigger and, you know, contribute. And so I think my education will really help when it comes time for that as well. That's amazing. I, I love that so much. And I love that you're so passionate, um, you know, about contributing to society. And yeah, I mean, from what I can tell, you know, the, the studies that you did definitely have had a positive impact in this space. Um, so I can only imagine what it'll be like, you know, in the, um, in real life, um, positive impacts that you have on society. That means so much to me, really. Um, you know, I, I, it still just warms my heart so much when anybody says that, you know, they think I'm making a positive impact in this space because I'm very grateful that people feel that way and want to support me. And sometimes I'm like, you know, what am I doing? And I'm kind of like forcing myself onto people. Like I feel, you know, almost bad. And I think that's something that a lot of us feel like when we're taking any kind of spotlight, we feel a little bit guilt or like, do people even want this or am I just forcing it on people, you know? And so it's really nice to hear anybody give me feedback that they feel like I'm making a positive impact here. It definitely keeps me going. So awesome. And uh, so Shelby, and, and so you, you kind of touched a little bit on like, you know, some of these like causes and things that you're, you know, you're passionate about. And actually, so when I was looking at your, your LinkedIn profile, right, you also mentioned there that you're like an art activist, right? And so one of the questions I prepared was, you know, what are your goals, you know, as an art activist and like what key initiatives and things do you have going or want to, you know, get going to accomplish those? Yeah. So, I mean, the activism that I've done so far has been, pretty small time, you know, like painting something live and auctioning it off or donating a piece to a charity, you know, doing live painting at an event that is a charity event, stuff like that. So, you know, I want to get way bigger with it. My ultimate goal is to, you know, do an entire collection and auction it all for a cause. And what I'm thinking the cause will probably be, I have a couple different um, ideas. So first of all, of course, there's the whole like, criminal justice angle and trying to help people. And I think that's super important. Definitely something I want to explore. But then there's 
also the environmental aspect. And I'm really passionate about, you know, preserving the planet and not because I think the planet needs to be preserved for, you know, its sake, but because we need to preserve the planet for us, for humans. So I'm very passionate about that. I would love to do something with, you know, saving the oceans, getting plastic out of the ocean or raising awareness for something and raising money to try to preserve an an area, small or big. So I think that that is an angle that I really want to pursue. And, you know, I'm very interested in partnering with other organizations or people who are passionate about this. Um, You know, I'm definitely willing to donate my time when I can. And, you know, I want to do something that's bigger than anything that I've done before. And that's definitely something in the works for the next year or so, a huge goal of mine. So, you know, if anyone's listening, if anybody knows anybody, please feel free to connect me. But yeah, um, I, I don't know exactly what cause yet, but I definitely will be doing something for a cause that I, is important to me in the near future. That's so awesome. Yeah. And yeah, I'll definitely, uh, if, if I, if I do come across someone that, you know, can, that kind of shares those same, uh, kind of passions and, and there's an opportunity for you to help there, definitely will let you know. The same. I'll have my eye out for any projects that, uh, resonate with what you're doing. Um, I had another question, uh, in regards, um, to just being a woman and being an artist in the web three space for some time now, would you say that your, um, overall experience has been a positive one? And if not, do you think that there are areas that can be improved upon and and how could we go about doing that collectively? Yeah. So I think that overall, my experience has absolutely been a positive one. Um, There are so many amazing people in this space that, you know, will stand up for me, that support me, that support other women. And, you know, a lot of really cool, obviously, mostly guys, because the space is mostly men at this point, but I've met the best people and I don't feel at all like I've, you know, been discriminated against just because I'm a woman. I think that people have, you know, different ideas about the kind of content that I post or, you know, whether or not it's, it's, good to be doing modeling and art at the same time. Or, you know, sometimes people with more conservative worldviews feel like I may be diminishing my art or trying to use my modeling to sell my art or things like that, which I think is a very closed-minded, like backwards mindset. But I think we've all had those ideals kind of ingrained in us that, you know, women should be ashamed of themselves or ashamed of their bodies or not share them and, you know, cover up, et cetera. And so I think that's something that I've definitely contended with in the form of like hate messages and Um, you know, really mean comments and people saying all kinds of horrible things. But I've also found that people really come to my defense. And those are, in the scheme of things, pretty small voices. And you can't let those kinds of criticisms affect what you're doing in the long term. And like, you know, I've had just as much hate over a bikini photo as a picture of me like painting, you know, that has nothing to do with like modeling or sexuality or whatever. It's like people, if something gets big and a lot of people are seeing it, people are going to hate on it for some reason, they're going to find a way. Um, and that's just something you have to contend with, like being a, you know, content creator or like quote unquote influencer or just well known for whatever you're doing online. So, you know, it's, it's been rough at times dealing with that kind of stuff, but the support that I've had has made it very much worth it. And like when people come for me, like Tom Bibby and that guy who, I don't know if anybody in here saw that, that like post that went pretty viral where he called me like a scammer and a shiller and said these horrible things. It's like people really came to my defense and that is what keeps me going. And I'm so grateful that, you know, people feel like they know me well enough and, you know, I've been here long enough and I'm obviously not scamming people that people will come to my defense in that kind of situation. I love that. And yeah, I feel like it's it's just a natural thing for people to have their opinions, but um, as long as you're being authentic, you know, and people see that, which they clearly do, 
them, you know, they could just, I guess, implode <laughs> with their sentiments and you're just going to keep on shining. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's never a shortage of haters out there, you know, but like you said, I think she'll be like, it's just, yeah, they, they're usually the, it's usually a minority I found, you know, but unfortunately, like a lot of times those things get like amplified more or people. And I think just unfortunate us as humans, sometimes like it's, I forgot what the, there was this thing, right? Like, like, you know, like, it, like one bad comment, like you almost need to hear, I forgot what it is, like eight or five or whatever, like positive things to like outweigh or, or drown out like one negative comment, you know, and, and things like that, you know? So it's, unfortunately it's kind of like a, a lopsided type of thing where, you know, it's not, not even, but I think that's more of a, a call for us to, you know, to continue to be louder with our support, our positivity and, and just, you know, just being kind, you know, and kind and, and, and supportive and compassionate with other people here. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad to hear that um, despite, you know, a few haters out there, you know, you're still getting a lot of good support from people in the community and you have a lot of people that love you and love what you're doing. Thank you. And yeah, I want to shout out everybody here today who came, um, you know, I see some amazing artists, amazing supporters in the audience. Thank you so much for being here and listening. You know, we have Mad Jack and Alyssa, Mediolanum, amazing artists, um, Daniel Moncada, who is an actor in Breaking Bad. I'm very honored that he's in here with us right now. Jenny, I mean, so many really no cool, way. cool. Oh, snap. Yeah. Breaking Bad, one of my top favorite shows of all time. You got to give him a follow. It's Daniel. Yeah, yeah. You'll find him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I just saw him. I just gave him a follow. Yeah, dude, that show. We were obsessed with that. <laughs> so good. Dude, that show was incredible. So actually, well, on the topic of that, I, uh, next question I want to ask you, Shelby, is um, give me your top three favorite movies of all time. Okay, um, Pan's Labyrinth is definitely oh, good one. Yeah, that movie really impacted me. I love it. Um, just really good overall. I highly recommend anybody who, you know, it likes fantasy stuff at all to watch it because the storytelling is just insane. Uh, have you guys seen it? It sounds like you have. I have, yeah. And, and I you know have. what's really funny? I had drawn, before the movie came out, I had made a drawing of kind of like a somewhat cre- a sketch or whatever, like of a kind of a creepy hand with like an eye right in the middle. And then when like that character, they had, he had that character in the movie that has like those, you know, they didn't have eyes, but basically had the eyes on his hands. I was like, holy crap. Like I, I literally drew that. Like, you know, like I had to go back and like look through my sketchbook or whatever. But yeah, no, I I love that movie. Also a really good one. So cool. Yeah. The imagery in that is so creepy. I love it. Um, And then next, probably the Lord of the Rings movies. I mean, those are just so good. Such classics. I grew up, I probably watched them a hundred times over. Um, Definitely, you know, inspired me in terms of world building and character building, just storytelling as a whole. I also read all of the books, but yeah, Lord of the Rings movies. um, Can't pick one, you know, the trilogy. And then after that, so I'm a huge fan of horror movies. I think it would be hard to pick just one. Um, or give us you know, a few. Give us a few. You know, funny give enough, us a few, we, had, yeah. we had uh, Jason Chambers on here, who was also like a big horror movie fan, and we and we went through like a few of those. But yeah, just give give us a few options of you of your uh, favorites. 
Yeah, so I mean, The Descent comes to mind as a classic. Um, also, a cast of all women, pretty much, which was pretty cool, and I think rare at the time, especially for horror movies. So love that. Just so creepy. They go cave diving, and it's insane. Um, really good one. Also, I loved It Follows. I felt like the storytelling was really cool there and created this sense of like just creeping uncertainty of being followed. So I really love that, and the concept that it's like an STD was pretty funny to me. Um, so highly recommend that for anyone who likes horror movies. And then I recently saw The Empty Man, which was a great film as well. Um, super creepy. I love like an ancient curse. Like I just love a good ancient curse. So <laughs> it was great play on that. Um, one of the creepiest movies I've seen in a long time. So yeah, um, probably that, that would probably be it. I have so many more too. If anyone wants horror movie recommendations, I could have a whole space just talking about my favorite horror movies. But um, those are a couple. Yeah, I, I so I grew up watching like I was like obsessed with horror movies and like ever since I was like a little kid. Like I, I probably watched the movies that I, I shouldn't have been watching when I was like four, five, six years old, you know, I'm like watching like it and like all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, the Omen movies, like I mean just like tons of stuff, you know, exorcist movies. Um, but yeah, I was like completely obsessed with like so many of these movies, you know. But then then um I got married and my wife like cannot even like my wife will see a trailer for a movie, like a scary movie, and be like, what the heck? You know, and then like she just he can't sleep. She'll have like nightmares. And so I've I've paired it back now. <laughs> like maybe only when I'm like traveling or something, well I like or on a flight or something, I'll catch one. But yeah, so I, I could definitely talk with you about horror movies for for hours as well. <laughs> that is awesome. Maybe sometime we'll have to have like a horror movie yes. cat space and just talk about our favorite ones. Ooh, um but dope. yeah, that's that's tough though, being with somebody who doesn't like horror movies. I would struggle with that. I love it so much. I just had an idea pop into my head because I'm kind of a weirdo, but mm -hmm. um, I just thought uh, since you're doing the Discord, maybe we could do that like once every few weeks, like a movie night that gets streamed that's a horror movie and we could all just watch it together. That would be so fun, actually. Okay, we're, we're going to do that. We're going to yes. do that. I love it. That would be dope. <laughs> I like it. So yeah, feel free to request. I know Akash is, is there. And actually, well, uh, you, you have a question? Go ahead. Uh, and, and other folks, if you want to request, go ahead and uh, start requesting to come up and join us. Hello, guys. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing great. First of all, to you, a deeply, deeply an appreciation, gratitude. And Shelby, I'm your biggest, biggest fan. Actually, I do have a question for you. Uh, can you share any challenges or obstacles that you have faced as a Web3 artist and how you have overcome them or adapted to the evolving landscape? So this is such a good question and a difficult one because I'm definitely still overcoming, still in the process of, I think that the crypto market ups and downs is a huge obstacle for all Web3 artists. And I think one way to overcome it is to not rely solely on this market. Um, you know, I also am doing oil painting and different commissions. I have a merch shop, et cetera. So I think that relying solely on this, you know, changing market can be really difficult as an artist. And I think my biggest piece of advice would be to like diversify. Um, don't put all your eggs in any one basket, whether it's, you know, a specific blockchain or just the Web3 space as a whole. It's a lot of ways to be an artist. And I think it's good to branch out and do different things. But um, yeah, I mean, it's still definitely a struggle every day in this bear market to, you know, keep going and keep the interest in art 
art. And so I think spaces like this do a great job of that. You know, I was so happy with the turnout of my space on Wednesday. We had like, I think now like 700 and something people have listened to it and it's all about art. And so just kind of keeping the focus on art, staying involved in artist communities is something that, you know, keeps me going even when things are not great in the market as a whole. And I have to do stuff like delay my big project that I've been working on. Oh, thank you. Actually, you know what? My hands are shaking talking to you, but thank you. It's true. It's truly incredible. Thank you. Oh my God. That's so sweet. I'm just an average person here. <laughs> you do not have to be nervous coming up and talking. I really appreciate you coming up and asking a question and you're definitely welcome to come to my spaces anytime. And, you know, I hope to learn more about you as well. Yeah, sure. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming up. Really appreciate that. And I know I know it's not always easy, you know, and it, and it can like be really nerve wracking to to get on a stage, especially when there's a lot of people. So uh, really appreciate you coming up and and um, you know sharing that and asking a question. So always always appreciate it. And another question I wanted to ask as well because I thought it would be good for all of our listeners. Um, can you tell us then? And I know you touched a little bit on it already, but you know maybe elaborate a little bit more on like any you know the upcoming projects or things you have going on for. Both on the NFT side, but maybe even also on your art, your you know your traditional art career, and what else we can expect to see uh, from you in the future, Shelley. Yeah, so I mean that's a great question. I think that I'm at this point taking things a little bit one day at a time. You know, I have this huge project that I've been working on for months that I'm now just kind of waiting for the right time to release it. So I'm definitely not going to be sitting around. I'm doing other things. I'm making art. Um, you know, I touched briefly on the contract with Patrick Amidon and Transient Labs that I was excited to hopefully get to use that. Um, they, you know, talked to me about maybe being a beta tester. So I would love that so much. I already have an idea for it. I already have the piece almost done or the three pieces. And so that'd be really cool. Um, you know, just one small additions drop probably coming up. And then I, of course I have the big project and then I'm actually going down to LA this summer, um, for a couple months for July and August. And I'm very excited to go down and connect with artists, friends there. You know, I know some people in the art industry, some people who are doing like weekly NFT meetups, and I'm just really excited to get more involved in a more vibrant art scene because while Seattle is beautiful, there's really not much happening in terms of art. So, um, gotta leave to, to find it. So yeah, that's pretty much my plan for the summer. I do have oil paintings I'm working on continuously, like doing commission work. Uh, we'll be sharing more about that as well, but really just, you know, keep creating. Like I, I definitely feel like when I'm not creating for a little while, I get stuck and start to feel, you know, a lot of doubt and, um, just the struggle every day. And then when you create again, I feel like all of that stuff melts away and you realize why you're really here for it. And you know, what your goal really is, which is to make really cool shit. So trying to stay on that vibe. Love it. That's so cool. And um, I hope you have a blast in LA uh, over the summer. Um, hope you also make it back down to Miami for uh, Art Basel later in the year as well. It was really cool, like meeting up there in person. I think there's really just nothing like connecting with people in person at these events as well. You know, it's just it's like a whole other level of connection. Like this is super cool too, but I mean, yeah, I think just, you know, the, in real life stuff is, is just so amazing. Um, but yeah, no, that's awesome. And I will definitely be on the lookout for that, uh, that edition drop, um, that you're going to do as well. Um, cause you know, I'd lo love to also collect, uh, it's, it's a really cool way to like collect from artists you really like as well. So I'm so cool. So glad that you're, uh, you're doing one of those. And I would, I'm also going to be researching, uh, that platform from Transient Labs that you mentioned, because I think that is so freaking cool, the technology that they're coming out with. I think that's going to you know, open up so many cool possibilities for, for the space. 
Yeah, I am so excited about artists using the technology in fun ways. Like that's what I'm trying to do, you know, telling a story through burn mechanics or, you know, this this really cool thing where you can have multiple NFTs or multiple images connect to one NFT and the collector gets to choose what to display. Like those kinds of things are what keep me excited about the space. I feel like doing that, it's like interjecting so much creative energy and exploring in a way that a traditional artist can't really do. And so, you know, we're here, we're in this medium, like why not use it to the fullest extent? Yeah, no, a hundred percent for sure. Um, and you know, I, I, I did have another question I wanted to ask you and hopefully if we maybe get another, a couple other, uh, another speaker, so it'd be great. But, um, you know, in the meantime, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, right. When we were talking about your story, right. And that you like, initially you thought your life was going to go like a certain way, right. You thought you were going to like your ac- academics, very similar to like your brother who's like a physicist and, you know, you were going to study and, and, and you actually got a degree, you know, in something, you know, more business related, but then um, you're always creative and then you became an artist, right? And it's so freaking cool that like now you are a full-time artist. But what I was wondering is like, like how is life, how act, is life actually for you, you know, as a full-time artist? And do you feel like, is it everything like you expected it to be um, or, or is it different, you know, and, and in what ways, you know? So I'm just wondering like, you know, just like how, how is the, the, the expectation versus the reality of what it is to be a full-time artist? That's a great question. I didn't really have any expectation, I don't think, for being a full-time artist because I had no nothing to like base it off of, you know? I kind of just went for it and just saw how it worked out and, and didn't really even expect it to go the way that it did, you know? I, I When I first started, I kind of had the idea of like, oh, I'll go to law school in a year. I'm just going to try this out. Um, and then obviously that didn't happen. And so I would say that life is hard. Like it's, it's definitely not easy being an artist in general. And I think the art that I create takes a lot of time and I'm a big perfectionist and it's something that maybe I'm, you know, working on, um, trying to be a little bit more loose and trying to be a little bit more okay with some mistakes here and there, because I tend to really over do things and like make them super perfect and take 10 times the amount of time that, um, you know, probably I could. So that's something that I've struggled with is just like dedicating so much time to the art, like all nighters, you know, not sleeping enough, not taking care of other things in my life, just creating all the time. And like, I think that was actually like something that um, my dad said to me when I first started, when I told my parents like, oh, I'm going to try to be an artist. I think they were both like, okay, well, we'll see how this goes, you know? (laughs) And then I was painting for so long. He like would see me paint for like 12 hours straight. And then finally he was like, wow, seeing you paint like this, like you actually can do this, you know? And I think that is what has kept me going is just the dedication to like spend so many hours on it and just keep being excited, keep coming back for more. That's so awesome. And and that's cool that like he, he saw that and was like, wow, yeah, she's got it. (laughs) Like she could do this. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, It's it's in part because it's rooted in her purpose, right? mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Totally. And I see we got a couple of speakers up here. Adam, fellow V friend. How's it going, man? How you doing? Good. How's it going? Hey, Adam. Hey, how's it going, Shelby? Good to talk to you. (laughs) I had a question about people in the space that are listening um, or that might watch us later and consider themselves creators, like maybe in their heart, but are working to combat imposter syndrome when they see other artists that seem to be creating and doing all this stuff and um like what is something that you might have to say to someone that's newly a creator and having trouble finding that identity and being like i am a creator 
I, I recently had uh, an experience in the Redwood Forest. There were some mushrooms involved, and I like got to feel that for myself. And I was like, you know what? I am here. I'm creating. But that took me a long time, and I still have that doubt. So what would you say to those people? Yeah, so that's a great question. You know, it took a while for me to feel like I am an artist, you know, and really say it. I had to basically just start saying it before I even believed it. And then it just slowly becomes the truth. And then you never really look back and you're like, oh, of course I'm an artist. When at first, when you started saying it, you really felt like a pretender saying it. And so that's definitely, I think, my biggest piece of advice is just go for it. And it's not really like fake it till you make it. It's like you are a creator. You are an artist if you're making art, you know, but just go for it and call yourself that and say it and, you know, put it in your bio and just eventually you will start believing it. And I also think like I'm a big believer in doing things in order to build confidence, you know, not just like believing it into existence and trying to convince yourself. It's like make cool shit, make cool art, share it with people, you know, get up on spaces and talk, do stuff that you you can be proud of, you know, and then you will start to feel like you belong and like you are, you know, worth it and you are a creator and you're an artist. Amazing. Thank you uh, for that response. Yes. And uh, let's make shit, everybody. Yeah, let's go, man. Let's go. Okay. Man. And I'd, I'd love to see if, if you, you know, you, you do have stuff you're creating, Adam would love to see it and, um, and, and check it out, man, for sure. And, and actually, I, I was going to add something also to like Shelby's answer, because I think one of the things she hit on at the end is really important. Um, you know, if you if you I don't know if you've ever read the book Atomic Habits, right, but it's a fantastic book by uh, by James Clear. And a big part of what he mentions there, right, is that like we actually become the habits that we have, right? Like you like if you start to practice and do something and it doesn't even have to be a lot of time but like if you just start doing something even little bits of it like 5 minutes a day 10 minutes a day but you do it consistently and you build a habit and a routine around it you know you're going to be building those skills improving those skills and eventually that becomes like your identity and a key part of who you are right so it's a a big aspect of it too is it's it's a lot about like what you're actually doing and putting your intention focus energy time into you know so if you love to create man create just keep and, and do it and do it and keep doing it and and you know even for like me like before like uh, you know actually I, just crazy to think about this but like i've always i had always created like art myself you know growing up and i was like super into art or whatever then i kind of like was discouraged from doing it and and um you know got really busy and then kind of more focused on like my engineering degree and technology and all this stuff, you know, but I always loved it. I always did this stuff on the side. And then like last year I decided like, all right, I'm going to start creating art again and, and making shit. But I was fucking terrified of like sharing my stuff. And I just felt like, oh, it's not good enough or whatever. And, and, but I just like overcame that fear and just fucking kept doing it and then started like sharing stuff. And then I, I just was welcomed by a tremendous amount of support in this space of people saying like, yeah, this is good, man. Keep doing it. Keep sharing it. And then that motivation fueled me to keep going and keep going. And so like this year I started releasing like my own stuff and I changed my profile. I'm like, I am an artist. Fuck yeah. So I think, yeah, just fucking like do it, embrace it, go after it, bro. And, and I'm, you know, it, I, that's, that'd be my, my advice as well. I just wanted to add on to that. A hundred percent. I remember when you sent me your art, Giancarlo, I remember that whole period of time when you were like, should I release it? You know, like, how will it be received? And I remember seeing it hit my DM and being like, oh, dude, this is amazing. You're, yeah. please share your art. And that's the other thing, you know, um, 
I think we get into our own heads, right? And we're just like, oh, like how will it be received? But an interesting thing to maybe start practicing is um, thinking about it as who isn't receiving my art? Who really could benefit from seeing my art? Who really could benefit from connecting with my art and connecting with me? You know, sometimes it's just a perspective shift. So that would be my um, add-on to this to this conversation. Wow. Thank you, both of you, for, for those perspectives. You're welcome, man. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming up here and, and asking the question, man. Appreciate it. By the way, I, I love the the picture you shared. I saw that you posted the, the picture with a, the shirt, the Shel- um, Shelby shirt, and then saying that Shelby loves the mushrooms. That's great. I need to pin it up top, actually, or actually maybe if, or if you can pin it real quick. Oh, man, that's great. You know, when uh, Adam was at VidCon, my friend Terrell, who's an amazing artist, you guys don't know him, you definitely have to, um, he sent me a picture of just Adam in the shirt. And I was like, oh my God, that's so awesome. Yeah, people, my people are out there connecting. It's so fun. So yeah, Adam, thank you for wrapping my my art. I appreciate you. <laughs> of course. That was my day one VidCon uh, fit. <laughs> that's so dope. And how cool is that, Shelby, to see people wearing your merch, man? That's, like, friggin' awesome. I feel extremely lucky that people are willing to walk around with my art on them. It's amazing. It's such a great feeling. I can only imagine it's, like, a thousandth of what a tattoo artist feels, but, like, it feels pretty good. Yeah, I I just got to say, Shelby, I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, this space, you know, getting to know you a little bit better, um, more about your story, your background, man, all the freaking cool stuff that you have going on. I'm so excited for, like seeing like how your universe like evolves and the new drops that you got coming and the storytelling so many so many cool things so i'm eternally grateful for you just being on the space and and uh, you know sharing this time with us and letting us know more about you um it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much you two are so wonderful and I, i can't wait to meet you again irl um you know it was wonderful that i got to and i'm so honored that you had me on here today i really really feel so grateful uh, it's been a great interview. You guys ask very, very good questions. I've had so much fun just hanging out and talking. And thank you so much to everybody listening to, um, you know, for being here and listening to my story and caring and supporting me as an artist and also supporting uh, these wonderful people who are doing these artist interview spaces. And yeah, I see a lot of amazing artists uh, in the audience. So if you guys are interested, uh, I recommend connecting with them. You know, they're they're booked up the next couple of months, but there's always months after that. And I'm so glad that I got in and got to do this. Yeah, this is so dope. And yeah, I actually see that uh, one of my buddies, Luco, just requested to uh, come up and speak. How you doing, man? Yo, Giancarlo, what's up? Jennifer, Shelby, how are you? So happy to be here, really. Nice space, inspired space, full of energy, full of vibe. Thanks so much for that. I just want to come up and jump, say thanks, and also ask a question for Shelby. I see so, so interesting this stuff about the oil or... Yes, how do you say it in English? Oil, no? <laughs> oil paintings? Yep, oil paintings. Yeah, oil paintings, because I actually use, um, I, I do digital art, but my, I paint five years ago, and I use um, acrylics and spray cans. But also, in this moment, I want to uh, start experimenting with oil paintings. And I wanted to ask you, like, how... I, I can buy the, the oil and normal, but I really, really hearing your, yourself and your story about create your own stuff. I wanted to like start creating and uh, trying different experimenting. So I wanted to ask you, 
which one is the best way to do uh, for create my own pigments or or my own sources with oil painting? Yeah, so that is a great question. Um, you know, I would start small. So I would start at a local art store. You know, I would look up art stores in your area and and call them and ask if they have loose powdered pigments. And, you know, hopefully you can find somebody who has them. I found a lot of art stores near me that have them in smaller quantities. And so I would go buy some there, buy some linseed oil and some cold wax. And, you know, if you want to DM me, I can give you some more specifics on that, you know, and then you also need to buy something to grind them with. You can like use a, a big scraper. There's a couple different things, but you do need some materials and like a, a glass palette to actually blend them on. Um, but then you basically get the pigment and then you mix oil into it and you scrape it around until it's mixed well. And then you put it in some kind of container. So I have like aluminum tubes that I bought, but you could also do a little jar and then you just use it as you need to, you know, and, and mix some wax into it. So it uh, hardens better. So, you know, if you want to DM me, I can try to give you some more specifics, but I definitely recommend, you know, looking it up. There's some great YouTube videos on it. People are talking about this. There's definitely information out there. So if you, you know, just Google, you should be able to find some, some good stuff. Wow, thanks so much, Elvi. Yeah, of course. I'm sh I sure gonna DM you for, for some questions more deep <laughs> about that. But thank you for that response. I, I will do I will see about that and well start start doing experimenting. Also thank you for the space, Giancarlo, Jennifer, fam. Muchas gracias. The English Spanish going, that's awesome. But no, yeah, th thank you for coming up, Luco, as well, and, and asking a question. And uh, speaking of great artists, oh, Luco's another you know great artist and, and friend as well. So I um, appreciate you, man. And uh, again, thank you so much to everyone that was here in the space today. Uh, greatly appreciate you guys being here, supporting this. Um, you know, it, it's you know we we love doing these, and it's and it's so great to to see the support and and um, and have other people in here as well. So really appreciate all you guys. And uh, and again, you know, thank you so much, Shelby, for uh, for being this being in this space today with us. And it's I was a little bit bummed that we couldn't do our live stream, but I will. I'm gonna keep working on, on the technology side. Hopefully, when I get my my new microphone, it'll be working better, and maybe we can do uh, a different live stream. Maybe we'll do a live stream and talk about scary movies or something. I don't know. You know, I'm we'll so down. We can definitely do a live stream sometime. Let's do it. Cool. All right. Thank you so much, Shelby. Thanks, Jenny, and thanks everyone that's here.